God good. Woo, hallelujah, God is good. We thank the Lord for His many blessings. I'm so glad to see everybody here tonight. It got cold. Lord, have mercy. But it feels good in the presence of the Lord tonight. And uh, we're going to look into the Word of the Lord at, uh, at uh, the keys to victorious living. I want to live victorious in Jesus Christ. No sense in not living victorious when He came from heaven to earth. To show the way, and from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. And then we are to live an abundant life because of that great truth. And so we want to talk about that. Just as a quick recap, uh, we spoke about the importance of righteous living. Don't expect to live victoriously if unrighteousness is prevalent in your life. If you're living unrighteous, if you are doing unrighteous things, if you're entertaining unrighteous thoughts, uh, then you can expect the fruit of those unrighteous deeds, thoughts, actions. You can expect the fruit of that unrighteousness, uh, which brings about doubt and defeat and despair. But righteousness brings peace and brings joy. Amen. So that is... That is what we talked about with the first lesson on Keys to Victorious Living. Uh, we have also talked about the importance of living one day at a time. Not jumping into the future to worry about things. Not dwelling on the past to regret things. Sure, we've all got something that we regret. Every one of us has something we regret. We have to move beyond that and live today. We, we have things we could worry about. There are things in all of our lives that could very well not go the way we want them to go. We cannot sit around and worry about those things, dread or fret those things. We have to put those things in the hand of God, let Him work it out for the good, and live today for the Lord. Amen. We talked about the power of prayer taking all things to God in prayer. I love the old song that said, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. The song said, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. I wonder how much peace we have forfeited in our life because we choose to dwell on something instead of praying about something. We choose to meditate on what could, could go wrong or what we could have, should have, would have done differently instead of praying about it. Oh, what peace we often forfeit and oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything, and I do mean everything, to God in prayer. Take it all to God in prayer. Amen. And so tonight we're going to talk about the importance of having a relationship with the Word of God in our talking about keys to victorious living, living, the importance of having a relationship with the Word of God. Before I go any further, I do want to say a great big thank you to all of you for your kindness and, uh, and all of your just your the wonderful things that you expressed uh, uh, in the month of Pastor Appreciation Month. Uh, you all are just amazing people, and I thank God for each and every one of you, and, uh, and what a privilege it is for me to be able to pastor this great congregation, and I love all of you, and thank God for what we're accomplishing for the Lord together, amen, in Jesus' name. I also want to announce that on uh, tomorrow, we are going to be having uh, the funeral. Um, it'll be held at Arlington Memorial Gardens at, the, I believe it's the Lakeside Chapel, and uh, this will be for sweet uh, Mary Humphreys. Uh, this is the daughter of Brother Harry and Sister Rhonda Humphreys. And uh, please remember the Humphreys family in your prayers as they have lost their little girl. And, uh, and uh, we thank God that he has given them great peace and comfort in this time. But do please remember them in your prayers. And we'll be having that service. The viewing will be from 10 to 12. And then the actual funeral will be at 12. Uh, but because of that, there will be no noon prayer uh, here at the church tomorrow uh, as we'll be concentrating on ministering to that family. Uh, and I also want to say how happy I am that Sister Andrea Carlson received the Holy Ghost on Sunday night. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
I should have given her just a little heads up that I was going to embarrass her. I didn't mean to do that. But I mean, I came walking out of the church and she came running saying, God just filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we give God all the praise for this. Amen. Amen. God is doing so many wonderful things. And we have so much to rejoice about. Amen. And so tonight we're going to be talking about the importance of having a relationship with the Word of God. You cannot expect to live victoriously in Jesus Christ if you do not have a relationship with His Word. And it's, it's also something that we should pause every now and then. I was thinking while we were singing the song we just sang. You came from heaven to earth. And, and when you listen to the words of that song, that's, that's actually describing the gospel message. And as we're singing that, I thought to myself, none of us mean to, but probably all of us every now and then do take for granted that great message. When you stop and consider that the king of all kings took upon himself the form of a servant and became obedient unto death. I mean, the very thought of that, if it ever penetrates the hardness of our heart, it ought to leave us in complete rejoicing and, and humility and something we should never tire of hearing or knowing or singing about, shouting about, rejoicing about. And the same is true about this book that I'm holding that is so readily accessible to all of us. We take it for granted. We've talked about the fact that it sits on our coffee tables and collects dust. We've talked about the fact that, you know, it, there's nothing more embarrassing than having a Bible that you've had for years and, and the pages are still stuck together because you've not been opening it and reading those pages. I like what somebody said when they said, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone whose life isn't falling apart. I really like that statement because it is so true. When you got, I mean, the binding is all messed up and you got pages all earmarked and, and it's, it's, it's been through the ringer, not because you've been careless with it, but because you've been flipping through the pages seeking for the answers to eternal life. Hallelujah. That word of God is precious. This book that we hold is precious. You've got it on your phones. You've got it on the screen. You've got it in your hands. Bring it to church with you. Carry it in your car with you. Have it with you at all times. This is a treasure. And many, many generations did not have access to this. So many people did not have access to the Word of God as we have access to the Word of God. And the people who brought the Word of God to us paid dearly for it. They lost their lives because they were intent on translating the Bible from an archaic language that no one understood. And they took it from the big, bulky book that was chained to the cathedral and they translated it into a a language that all people could understand and, and that you could actually hold in your hand. It wasn't something you had to travel hundreds of miles to get to a cathedral where it was under lock and key. And then it had to be translated. You had to take the word of the priest who was doing the translating. But they took it from that locked up, locked down position and put it in the hands of every common Person And now today we can see what thus saith the Lord. That is a miracle and that is something we should never take for granted. Amen. Amen. And certainly the way we can show our appreciation for the word of God is at least having a proper relationship with the word of the Lord. So let's talk a little bit tonight about the value of the word of God and of the value of having a proper relationship uh, with the Word of God. I want to begin by turning your attention to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, this, of course, is the epistle, the second epistle, uh, written from the Apostle Paul to the young preacher named Timothy. He gave him many admonitions, taught him how to be a man of God, and, of course, uh, we read these epistles with great, with great uh, interest. Chapter 3 of 2 Timothy is an interesting chapter. The Apostle Paul tells Timothy about a day that is coming. 
And he might as well have said 2019. Because we're there. And he said this, know also that in the last days, last times, last days, perilous times shall come. He said men shall be lovers of their own selves. They shall be covetous. They shall be boasters, proud, blasphemers. Listen to this. Disobedient to parents. That is a unique phenomenon that is, that is peculiar to our day and age where children rule the roost. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. We're there, ladies and gentlemen. They are truce breakers. They are false accusers. They are incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. They are traitors. They are heady. They are high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. He continues to admonish the young man, Timothy. He described that they are ever learning. They're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. He, just, he likens them to Janus and Jambres who resisted Moses and Aaron. That their minds are corrupted and they're reprobate concerning the faith. He said they shall proceed no further for their folly shall be manifest unto all men. That's what you do need to understand about wicked people. Their folly will be manifest unto all men. It's only a matter of time they're going to be found out. But notice what he says in verse 10. You have fully known my doctrine. You've fully known my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, my patience, persecutions, and afflictions. He said in verse 12, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Then in verse 13, he said, evil men shall and seducers shall wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. And so now, I mean, he's painted a pretty bleak picture. I'm so depressed reading this. Lord have mercy. It sounds like it's hopeless and helpless. Evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse. They're going to deceive and they're going to be deceived. They're without natural affection. They're unthankful. They're unholy. If you're going to live godly in Christ Jesus, you can expect to suffer persecution. I mean, it's one thing after another. And then in verse 14, he begins to explain to Timothy how to handle these societal phenomenons. He said, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Notice what he said in verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. If you want to deal with a society where evil men are waxing worse and worse, a society where people are traitors and, and disobedient to parents, a place where they're lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, where perilous times are coming, here's how you do it. Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Notice what the Holy Scriptures are able to do. They are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All scripture, all scripture, is given by inspiration of God and all scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Notice, I just want you to understand what he said there. Notice what the scriptures are profitable for. They're profitable for doctrine. That's teaching. They're profitable for teaching. They're profitable for reproof. That means getting on to somebody. They're profitable for correction. That means correcting one's course, showing them the error of their way. For instruction in righteousness. Instruction has to do with the internal structure of an individual. The scriptures are profitable for structuring you internally, correcting you when you're off course, reproving you when you need rebuke, and 
providing for you the foundation of sound doctrine. And that's how, ladies and gentlemen, the Apostle Paul told Timothy to handle a world where evil people are waxing worse and where perilous times have come. This is how you have to handle your world. This is how you have to handle the challenges of your life. If you're trying to handle the challenges of your life with what you think is the right thing to do, you will get off course. Even if it is, even if it is well intended, even if it makes good common sense, you must be led by the Word of God. The Word of God gives you the principles that unlock the kingdom of God unto you. The Word of God provides for you all that you need in order to live a victorious life in Jesus Christ. Thank the Lord. Notice what Matthew chapter 4 said. This is a, the, the, the environment of this particular passage has to do with Jesus being tempted by the devil. He had been fasting. He had been in the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, there's a depth to that passage that I'm not going to get into right now. But we can take one simple truth from it and continue moving on. If the devil offers you anything, anywhere, under any circumstances, refuse it. Do you know how tempting it would have been to just turn those stones into bread? Do you know how tempting? I mean, he's been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. I haven't eaten till lunch, and I wish I could turn this pulpit into something delicious. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And the devil came along and tempted him to turn stones into bread. If it's coming from the adversary, it's never good. Don't ever allow yourself to be deceived into thinking that this is harmless. If it comes from your adversary, it is harmful. And Jesus understood that. And Jesus set an example for us to refuse the temptations of the enemy. And he said something very profound and very important for us to learn. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You cannot live, ladies and gentlemen, simply by tending to your physical needs and applying yourselves to a material outcome in life. Some people... Get up in the morning, work hard all day, get a good education, have friends, have family, try to do good things, go to bed at night, repeat the process, and think that, that they're doing a, a good thing. But Jesus said it is impossible for you to deal with life by merely focusing on the material or the natural or the physical. You can only live by Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The word of God is what proceeds out of the mouth of God. Okay? This that I'm holding, these are called the scriptures. And yes, it is the word of God. But it is the word of God in script form. The mouth of God is what declares the word of God. The Bible says that the scriptures came not in old time by, by private interpretation. But the scriptures came by holy men of old who spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, we could get into the validity of this Bible we could talk about the painstaking detail that went into ensuring the accuracy of the translation. How that multiple accountability, indiv accountable individuals were responsible for scri transcribing each word from one language to the next. And that when they came to the name of God, they would wash themselves 
before writing it and after writing it, how that they would write it, read it. There were multiple proofs to make sure that what was being translated from one language to the next was accurate. This is the most well-preserved book in the history of the world. We could go into the fact that there are matters of science that humanists did not understand. But this book explains it perfectly. Humanists believed that the earth was flat for years. And people are starting to try to believe that again. That the earth is flat. But the Bible said the Lord sitteth upon the circle of the earth. The scripture teaches that long before science understood it. In fact, Job described hearing from God that the Lord hangeth the earth upon nothing. Hallelujah. This was something spoken under the unction of the Holy Ghost long before scientists understood the placement of earth in the solar system. But it was spoken by the creator of heaven and earth who moved upon holy men of old as they spake under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so throughout the scriptures, we can, we can get involved with the prophecies that have been fulfilled. We can get involved with the prophecies that are being fulfilled. The Bible is full of them. And we could, we could go into all of that to talk about the validity of the scriptures. But to me, the greatest validity of the scriptures is in the fact that its principles work. That when you trust this word and you apply this word, it works. And it will teach you every aspect of your life how to live your life. And, and, and you know what? You're free, a free moral agent. You can do as you wish. Of course, there are consequences always to any decision that we make. So you can choose not to believe this book if that is your pleasure. But I'm going to tell you, if you'll know the truth, the truth shall make you free. If you'll believe this word, this word will come to pass in your life. You'll have peace. You'll have love. You'll have joy. You'll have understanding. You'll have wisdom. You'll be blessed. You will prosper. God will favor you. Hallelujah. And your path in life will be set out before you. And heaven will be your reward. That is what we have when we trust and obey the word of the Lord. Amen. And this word of God does not go out of style. We don't have to try to keep up with the times in relation to what is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can keep up with the times in terms of how we relate to a culture and how we minister to people and how we meet people where they are. But this book doesn't change. And the God who authored this book does not change. And the truth of this book does not change. Methodology can sometimes change. Messaging cannot change. This is the message of Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. When the grass has all faded away, and when the flowers have all faded away, when the earth ceases to produce as it has, the word of our God shall stand forever. Do not place your faith in the things of this world. Place your faith in the things of God. Place your faith in the word of God. John chapter 17 and verse 17. I want to read this verse of scripture to you. The scripture says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You know, truth is something that people don't value like they used to value. People have come into a position of thinking that truth is whatever you want it to be. Some people have even heard them say, my truth. My truth is that, and then they, you know, they start explaining to you what their opinion is. That's your opinion. That's not your truth. Truth is truth. It's independent of our opinion. 
You can believe whatever you want to believe, but the truth never stops being the truth. But in a world where dishonesty reigns supreme, truth has become subjective. Or at least the, in, the interpretation of it has become subjective. But regardless of what people may think or feel, truth remains the truth, and his word is truth. If God said it, it is true. Oh, hallelujah. Let me, go, let me go further. If God didn't say it, it's a lie. This is why the scripture says, let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. Thank God. John chapter 8 and verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. That's how you know if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. Continuing in his word. The way that the world knows that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ is the love that you have one for another. You see, that, you see what happens? You continue in his word and you start loving people. Verse 32. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Oh, hallelujah. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You and I cannot understand truth unless we understand the word of Almighty God. The word of God is your access to truth. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read just a few verses of Scripture here in... 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we're talking about understanding the word, the importance of having a relationship with the word, how that it gives you keys to victorious living. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. There's, a, there's a, an epidemic of spiritual ignorance in the world today. How that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Now, understand something. The apostle Paul is talking about Moses and the children of Israel. Also understand that he's talking about them to the Corinthian church. These are not Jewish people who were raised up understanding Moses and understanding Israel. They didn't hear continually that our fathers were brought out of Egypt with a strong hand and a stretched out arm. They didn't hear continually that what God did for our fathers at the Red Sea, he will do for you. They have no reference point to Moses and to Israel. Here comes the Apostle Paul, the Apostle to the Gentile nations, who only know their heathenistic worship practices, who only have a, their only reference point is the gods they made for themselves. And he's speaking to them about Moses and about the children of Israel authoritatively, expecting them to know who he's talking about. What does that tell us? That tells us that they had been taught about Moses and about the children of Israel. In order to bring them into an understanding of Jesus, Paul had to teach them the Holy Scriptures. And the Holy Scriptures have to do with the children of Israel. So you may be Corinthian, but I'm not. I, now listen, Paul was very sensitive to the culture around him. He walked onto Mars Hill. He said, I passed by. I beheld your devotions. I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. I perceive that you are a very spiritually inclined people, is what he was saying. It was a nice way of saying, y'all are out of your minds. All this mysticism, all this spiritualism, all this. But he see, he looked at their witchcraft. He looked at their heathen worship, all their idolatry, all their superstition, and it didn't intimidate him. Instead of casting stones or aspersions upon them, he looked at it as these people are hungry. They're hungry. We spoke with Sister Frances Day, who ministered Sunday night so beautifully, so powerfully, spoke of the fact that there were those who worshipped an unknown God in Bangladesh. In Acts chapter 17, the Apostle Paul saw the Athenians worshipping an unknown God. And he, and he understood something. 
Everybody out there who doesn't know Jesus is worshiping an unknown God. It drives us crazy sometimes, doesn't it, when we hear somebody say, well, I believe in a higher power. But don't be too, don't be too angry with them. Be compassionate. Those are the Athenians who are acknowledging there's an unknown God out there. So many people say, I don't believe in God. They say they don't believe in God. And then, and then you ask them, well, how did things come into order? Well, I just don't know how. There, there's somehow it happened. Somehow it developed. There's some kind of a higher power, some kind of an energy. That's their way of saying there's an unknown God. The apostle Paul did not bat an eye. He marched to the, to the center of Mars Hill, looked upon them and said, you worship an unknown God, I'm going to declare him unto you. And he began to preach Jesus Christ. He even used their own poets to describe this God because the, their own poets said, in him we live and in him we move and in him we have our being. And he said, your own poets understood that there's a higher power. And I've come to tell you about that higher power. His name is Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. So here he comes to the Corinthian people. These were people who worshiped their own gods. They made their own images. They had their own philosophies. They had their own way of thinking. Our world is full of people who think they've rejected Jesus because many times they reject the followers of Jesus. And Paul wasn't intimidated by it. He knew the hunger of their heart, the searching of their soul. And so he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. All our fathers were under the cloud, and all of them passed through the sea. They were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They did all eat the same spiritual meat. They did all drink the same spiritual drink. They drank of that spiritual rock. That rock was Christ that followed them. Many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things, hear this, these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. The scriptures are your examples. When you read about three Hebrew children who had an opportunity to bow to the image created by the world, but didn't, even though not bowing meant they would be cast into a fiery furnace. That is your example. What image stands before you right now in your world and in your life demanding your obeisance? You have an example in the scriptures to teach you how to handle such a thing. This little woman who's, who's, who, who had no... No food left, just a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil. And she had to give what she had left to the creditors. And she was going to fix one last meal and she was going to die, her and her son. And, and the prophet comes along and said, fix it for me and God will preserve your house. And she did. And God did. That's your example. So you're up against things like this where maybe you owe the creditors too. You're up against things like this where, where maybe, maybe you're being intimidated not to pray to God like Daniel was. Or maybe you've got a promise just on the other side of a massive wall. And this wall can be anything in your life. This wall can be a mental wall. This wall can be an emotional wall or a psychological factor that prohibits you and prevents you from going forward into the promise of God. And you're, and you're trying to figure out how to do it. There's an example of a guy in the Bible who actually brought down a wall that was a physical wall. But it exemplifies what can be done with any kind of wall. If you'll seek the face of God, if you'll obey his word, if you'll walk with God, and if you'll shout unto God with the voice of triumph, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what wall stands between you and your promise, that wall has to come down. How do I know? I've got an example. So, so you have to get into the scriptures so that you can live victorious. It will give you the victory in this life and in the life to come. Hallelujah. It's not just for right now. It's for eternity. And it's not just for eternity. It's for right now.
It's not just so you can go to heaven. It's also so you can live victoriously on earth. And it's not just so you can live victoriously on earth, but it is so you can make heaven your home. The Word of God is the answer to everything. Hallelujah. Get into the habit of reading the Word of God. Get into the habit of having morning devotions. Get into the habit of listening to the Word of God. We have so much access to preaching and teaching today. And don't follow some false doctrine preacher. And don't follow some false doctrine teacher. The Scripture said, Blessed is the man who walks not after the counsel of the ungodly. You know, I, I see sometimes people will, people will quote ungodly people, words of inspiration from ungodly people. And the word of inspiration will be a philosophy that's anti-God. And I'm looking, at what's, I'm looking at what they're saying and I'm thinking, you're, you're, you're walking in the counsel of the ungodly. The ungodly encourages you to remain bitter. The ungodly encourages you to be unforgiving. The ungodly encourages you to have a chip on your shoulder. The ungodly encourages you to do what you want to do. The ungodly encourages you to, to remove people who need you in their world. Blessed is the man that walks not after the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's his word. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. You want to know how to get the biggest and, and most wonderful benefit of the word of God? Meditate on it day and night. That means read it. That means go to bed dwelling on it. Thinking about it. Rolling it over in your mind. Letting it fill your heart, fill your soul. Let the word of God fill you to overflowing. It's nourishing your spirit. The Bible refers to it as bread. The Bible refers to it as milk. The Bible refers to it as meat. It's a whole buffet. Fruit. It's a whole buffet. It's everything. It's everything you need. He'll show you how to live life. He'll show you how to treat your parents, how to treat your kids, how to treat your spouse. He'll show you how to treat your employer. He'll show you how to treat your employee. He'll show you how to treat your neighbor. He'll show you how to treat the stranger. He'll show you how to respect your elder. He'll show you how to, what to eat, how to dress. He'll show you everything, how to get to heaven, how to be baptized. This word of God teaches you all things. There's nothing that isn't relevant in this word of God. The principles are eternal. Thank you, Jesus. And, and, and so many times when people will take a moment, pray, ask God to, to break up the fallow ground. See, here's what happens when you pray unto the Lord. When you pray unto the Lord, it breaks up this fallow ground. That's what, that's what this heart, mind, soul, and spirit are. It, it's the fallow ground. And you start breaking it with prayer. And you weep over it. And you, you thank God for His goodness. And you ask Him to, to make your heart receptive and open. And, 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 then you, and then you've got the soil all opened, the soil of your soul. And then you start ingesting this seed, which is the Word of God. And this gets inside of you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful. His name shall be called Counselor. You're going to find such good, godly counsel. From the word of God. I'm telling you, you could be, you could, it doesn't matter what your need is. When you start letting the spirit lead you in his word. And you start, you start navigating these scriptures. What ends up happening is the word of God leaps out at you. Lands in your spirit. Plants itself inside of you. 
and begins to flourish mightily and, and counsels you on every decision you need to make. Hallelujah. You know, right now, I'm, I'm holding this up. I'm in 1 Corinthians 10 and 11. So there's black and white, and there's a little bit of red down here in 1 Corinthians 11, 24, and 25, where Jesus was telling them how to take the cup and the, and the bread. But when you pray before you read the Word of God, it's not just going to be black, white, and red. It's going to be neon green, hot pink. It's going to pop off the page. Those, those words are going to grow like four inches tall. You, 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 it'll, there are certain things that will magnify as you read them. And you'll realize that the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you and giving you direction. Hallelujah. And you might be reading about Balaam's donkey. You might be reading about the jawbone of a donkey. You might be reading about Samson killing the lion or David killing the lion. You might, you might, you might be reading. You can be reading any part of this. But when God wants to give you a word, it will jump out at you. And you will have firm direction. And the Spirit of God will bear witness that the Lord has spoken to you from his word. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to give you, I want to give you the continual uh, understanding of how you and I can have a proper relationship with the Word of God. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says this, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The best way to have a relationship with the Word of God is to start by hearing the Word. Hear the Word of God. Put yourself in position to hear the Word of God. Thank you for being here on Wednesday night. Thank you for being here on Wednesday night. I know it's cold outside. I don't take it for granted when people venture out and come to church. I don't take it for granted. I thank God that you're here. If we had 20 people here, I'd preach and teach to them with the same intensity and passion as if we had 450 or 500 I thank God for every opportunity to share the word of God. I believe that people, when they put themselves in a position to hear the word of God, they are automatically going to grow in grace when they begin to hear the word of God. But it is important, if you'll, and if you'll hear it, then you'll probably hear at some point that you should not only be a hearer, but a doer. See, you know that because of your relationship with the word of God. See, I love that. That's a case in point. Y'all knew what I was going to say. You're not just a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. You know that because of your relationship with the word of God. It, 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 it shows you the value of hearing his word. And then it shows you the value of then doing his word. So number one, hear the word of God. Put yourself in a position. Be here when the, when the bread of life is opened up. Real quick, let me just, let me just point out to you, and I'm, I'm hastening along, but understand, when Jesus resurrected from the dead, he, he, was, he was resurrected from the dead, and his disciples did not recognize him. There were two disciples that were walking on the road to Emmaus. Two individuals who knew who Jesus was should have recognized him. And Jesus walks up and said, hey, how you guys doing? They're talking about Jesus. Jesus is talking to them while they're talking about him, and they don't know who he is. Do you know how that, how that fits so many people in our world today? They talk about Jesus. Jesus is talking to them. They still don't know who he is. It wasn't until they went into the house and the Bible says Jesus broke the bread. When he broke the bread, they realized that's Jesus. That's what happens when the bread of life is broken. It is a revelation of who Jesus is. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When this bread of life is broken open, it is, a, it, is an, it is an exaltation of Jesus Christ and a revelation of Jesus Christ. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. 
Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. So, so that's what happens. So position yourself to be here receiving the word of the Lord together. That's important. That's important to receive the word of the Lord together as the body of Christ. That's how the children of Israel received the word of the Lord. It wasn't just Moses who heard the voice of God on Mount Sinai. All of Israel heard the thunderous voice of his excellency. And that's how God speaks to his people. And so be here to hear the word of the Lord and, 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 and re-listen to the messages and to the Bible studies and, and listen in on uh, preachers who are preaching sound doctrine and apostolic truth and, and let the word of God feed you. I've told you this before, but, but my mother put us to bed at night and played those cassette tapes of the word of God as we would fall asleep. And my brother ended up getting into the book of Revelation one night. He came out of his room saying, oh, Lord, have mercy. I thought there was just a monster under my bed. Now it sounds like there's a ten-headed monster under my bed coming up out of the water with a rib hanging out of his mouth. And, and so, so but, but what was happening was the word was being, being placed into our spirit. Folks, that is a spiritual transaction. That is a spiritual transaction. That's not, that's not, that, that's not just any old book being placed into your spirit. It is the word of God. And, and, and the Bible said his word is spirit and his word is life. When people were leaving him left and right, Peter said, Jesus looked at his disciples and said, will you also go? And Peter said, to whom shall we go? Where shall we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. That's what separates this from all other pieces of literature. These are the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. These are the words of eternal life. So hear the word. Make sure that the word is sinking deep into your soul. From the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, don't just hear the word, but read the word. Study the word. 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, study to show thyself. Approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Don't simply hear it, but study it. You need to know that what you're hearing is true. Don't just take my word for it. Or any other expositor of the Bible. Don't take anybody's just their word for it. You need to know this book so that when the word comes forth, you have a discerning spirit and that you can hear the certain sound of truth. And if you don't hear that certain sound of truth, you need to be able to walk away from that individual who has posed as an expositor of God's word. Hallelujah. You need to be able to challenge it and say, is this true what I'm hearing? Oh, glory to God. Thank the Lord. Listen, the Bible talks about every wind of doctrine that tosses people to and fro. I don't want any of you being tossed to and fro by any wind or doctrine. Hallelujah. I want you to be able to stand with your feet planted on the word of Almighty God. And no matter who lives or dies, you know the book. You know the word. It's settled in your soul because you heard it and you studied it for yourself. Paul said, though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, let him be accursed. The Apostle Paul was so, so passionate about this. He said, if I preach another gospel unto you or any of those working with me or, or an angel. He didn't even say an angel, a fallen angel. He said an angel from heaven. Preach any other gospel unto you. Let him be accursed. That's how real and important the truth of the word of God is study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. 
I'm telling you, that's absolute truth being spoken. Hear the word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Read the word. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Memorize the word. Psalm 119.11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Memorize the word. Now, I understand that you have a hard time remembering your address, so understand that I get it. I have a hard, I can go, I can drive somewhere for 20 years, and, and, and if I go there tomorrow, I'm still looking it up on maps. Well, what is that address again? Okay, and I've driven there 20 years, and even the force of habit isn't enough to get me there. So I understand memory can be challenging. But you learn and memorize what you can of this word. You need to be able to have scriptures in your soul. So that when the enemy comes in like a flood. And when the tempter begins to tell you to turn these stones into bread. Cast yourself down. Let the angels bear you up. You've got a Rolodex of the word in your mind. Hallelujah. You've got a word search going on in your mind where you can say it is written. It is written. Hallelujah. It'd be good if you could do book, chapter, and verse. That's, that's the goal. Book, chapter, and verse. Now, if your memory isn't good enough to do that, that's all right. But you get this in your spirit and soul as best you can. Hide it in your heart that you might not sin against God. Hallelujah. My brother and I used to, we used to, uh, we used to play something called the Bible game. And we would travel together and we would, we would put our, our fingers right in front of the book of Matthew and I uh, one hand in front of the book of Matthew and one hand in front of the book of, on the back side of the book of Revelation. And we'd, we'd open it up. And wherever our, our eyes fell, had to read it. Who will render to every man according to his deeds? And then the other one had to guess it. And if they got the book right, they got one point. And if they got the book and the chapter right, they got two points. And if they got the book, the chapter, and the verse right, they got three points. And if your eyes fell on, you had to be honest. You couldn't fall down on a scripture and think, oh, they'll know that. And then shift over to the other. You can't do that's cheating. So if you fell on, then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. You've got to read it. If you fell on, for God so loved the world that he gave, you've got to read it. We played that game and... And, and it would fall, sometimes our eyes would fall on something said in, in the Gospel of Luke. And it sounded a lot like what was said in the Gospel of Matthew. And we just had to take our best shot at it. And it was fun. It taught us the Word of God. It also taught us how little we knew. Sharpened our sword a little bit. Helped us to kind of learn the language of the apostles and the, and the Gospel writers. And so, there's something happening there, though. The word gets put in your spirit. And there's a reason you want that word in your spirit, that you might not sin against God. Do, do, do you know the chaos that sin brings into your life? The chaos, the conflict of spirit that sin brings into your life, and the Bible's telling you how to avoid it? Know the word. Put it inside of your heart that you might not sin against God. So hear the word, read the word, and study the word. Memorize the word as best you can. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, obey the word. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you from the book of from the book of James the scripture teaches us in the book of James chapter 1 verse 22 but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves you know how you deceive yourself you deceive yourself by hearing it and thinking because you hear it and know it, 
that the word is complete. It's not complete until you do it. You've deceived yourself if you hear it and because you've heard it, bless God. I believed that for 25 years. But have you done anything with it? Because that's what really brings the power of the word to bear in your life. Obey the word. It's a very important part of having a proper relationship with the word of God. If you're not obeying the word of God, then you're not profiting from the word of God. You're not benefiting from the word of God. Hear it, read it, memorize it, obey it. The power of the word is in obeying it. The power of the word is in obeying it. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. The final piece of this proper relationship with the word of God. Everybody say, hear the word. Everybody say, read the word. Everybody say, memorize the word. Everybody say, obey the word. Everybody say, share the word. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, he said unto them, go ye. Everybody say, ye is me. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Share the word of God that you have heard and that you have read and that you have memorized and that you have obeyed. You know, some of the most profound understanding I've ever received from God has come. Some has come from hearing. Some has come from reading. Some has come from memorizing. Some has come from obeying. A lot has come from sharing. A lot of the most profound insight God has ever given to me has come from moments where I was in the process of preaching, teaching, or just sharing. You don't have to stand up here and hold this microphone in order to share the word. You can share the word with anybody you come in contact with. But, but, but a proper relationship with the word of God involves releasing it out of your mouth. And sharing it with someone else. And there will be insights and understanding. There'll come some stuff out of your mouth you didn't premeditate. I've had that happen. There, there'll be some things come out of my mouth that's so powerful. And I'll think, wow, I didn't even know that. I better go check make sure that's right. That sounds good. And then I go look into the word of the Lord and I realize that it was the spirit giving the utterance. And it was a, it was a uh, some people call it a pulpit revelation, where while you're in the middle of sharing the word, there'll come some insight, and two pieces of this glorious puzzle will come together, and you'll realize, wow, God has revealed his word. Hallelujah. It happened for the prophets in the Old Testament. The Bible didn't say he put his word in their mind. It said he put his word in their mouth. And when you share the word of God, he'll put his word in your mouth. And it will complete this beautiful relationship you can have with the Word of God. Hearing it, reading it, memorizing it, obeying it, sharing it with whosoever will. Could we lift up our hands and thank God for His Holy Word right now? Thank you, Jesus. Can we do that right now? Just give God the praise for His Holy Word. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Come on, let's praise Him right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word, oh God. I give you praise for your word, oh God. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now in the name of Jesus. Let's stand to our feet in the name of the Lord and lift up our voices unto God and give Him praise right now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give Him praise right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, you can let the Word of God get a hold of your spirit. You can let the Word of God get a hold of your spirit. Let Him reprove you. Let Him correct you. Let Him instruct you. Hallelujah. Let the Word of God get weighed down deep on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Come on, let's give Him praise right now. The Bible said He has magnified His Word above His name. Whew, if, you are, if you're willing to praise His name, imagine how you ought to be willing to praise His Word. Can we magnify the Word of God in this house?
Come on, let's take two or three minutes right now as we sing unto the Lord and let the Spirit of the Lord move in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you need direction in your life. Some of you need direction in your life right now. And I'm telling you, it's, it's all in the Word of God. All of it is in the Word of God. All of it is in the Word of God. All of it is in the Word of God. Come on, lift your hearts with me right now in the name of Jesus. And say, God, I'm rededicating myself to a closer walk with you. Hallelujah. I'm going to grab you by the hand, Lord. And I'm going to walk with you through your Word. And I'm going to let you lead me and guide me into all truth in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That's it. Let's worship him together right now. Let's worship him together right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Your presence is heaven me oh hallelujah your presence Lord your presence is heaven to me hallelujah come on enter into his presence right now your presence Lord is heaven is heaven thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus is your presence is heaven to me oh Lord is your presence your presence Come on, go ahead and love him right now. Go ahead and love him right now. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Your presence, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Your presence is heaven to me, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you, God, for your holy word. We thank you for your blessed presence. We thank you for your great salvation. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that as we seek to serve you, Lord, as we seek to live this life victoriously and abundantly, that you'll help us to live righteous, that you help us, Lord, to live one day at a time that you have made for your glory. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to never forget the power of prayer. And help us, I pray in Jesus' name, to be dedicated to hearing and reading and committing to memory and applying and obeying. 
and sharing and preaching your holy word. That your word will grow up in us, oh Lord, like a mighty tree in the name of Jesus. Lord, we receive your word right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, all across this house, receive you the word of the Lord right now. Receive you the word of the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're not in this battle alone. You've got the Word of God on your side. A lot of things in this world might have changed, but that book of Psalms has not changed. A lot of things in this world might have changed, but that gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John has not changed. You can get in this Word of God and it'll take you to something foundational, fundamental, bedrock, strong, an anchor for your soul and a hope for your future. Thank you, Jesus. One more time, let's lift up a high praise unto the Lord in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. As you go tonight, why don't you find somebody, greet them in the name of Jesus. Let them know that you love them.